Welcome to the What Wild Women Want podcast. I'm Rachel Rose, your personal, certified, feminine awakening coach, energy healer, and intuitive reader. This is a weekly show where women are empowered to unapologetically activate their goddess mode and reclaim their birthright to love, freedom, happiness, and abundance. This is a shrinking violet free zone, guys. Get ready for raw, open, and absolutely necessary conversations to supercharge your self-love journey. I love you. You are worth it. Let's get started. Welcome back to the What Wild Women Want podcast, and I'm your host, Rachel Rose. Wow, you guys, I can barely believe it myself, but my business is officially a one-year-old. There have been so many lessons along the way, some of them harder to learn than others for sure, but they have definitely all felt necessary. I've hired coaches and I've bought courses and they've all helped me along the way. However, my biggest breakthrough was something really left field for me. Anyone will tell you building a business is hard work. But what you need to know is that having a healthy mindset is the ultimate game changer. What do I mean by that? Well, today's guest is going to dive a little deeper into this topic. We are here with Nadine Zumart, a certified money coach for the Spiritually Awaken. She is going to be talking about how exactly we can unfuck our money, heal from our past and create a future more aligned to our financial goals. Welcome, Nadine. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Rachel. This is so exciting. <laughs> How to unfuck your money. Yes. <laughs> Let's unfuck our money. <laughs> Please, because no one needs their money fucked, right? Like we need No, we don't need anything fucked except okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it turned into an R-rated uh, podcast. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> So, like, Nadine, just talk to us Mm. about your whole journey. Like, how did you even become a money coach in the first place? Well, um, I became a money coach, I think, I would say I started my journey in 2015. I would... I didn't know what it was called back then, but now in in retrospect, I know it was some form of spiritual awakening that I had. I was living the life like I was living my dream life in Melbourne Australia and then all of a sudden nothing made sense anymore (laughs) so everything I used to enjoy just didn't make sense and I just had this urge to change everything and one of the things that I tackled was my money mindset um Mm -hmm. and well it started actually in saying that I do have to say that it started from just kind of re-examining the way I spend some kind of like um, limited resources. So how I spend my time and how I spend my energy. And from that, I started thinking, but I spend most of my energy and time at work. So basically it's like, I'm selling my time for money. So how am I spending my, my money? Therefore, how am I spending my time and how am I spending my time? Therefore, how am I spending my money? So it was like, who came Mm -hmm. first, the chicken or the eggs kind of conversation that I had with myself. So I had to reassess my relationship with money reassess my relationship with time and things and space so it was a big like monologue that was happening and it took months for me to just settle on 
this really cool um, project or like a self project that I created, which is more like a value based spending. So it was more like everything mm. I do and spend was very value based. And I started implementing that on my own life and it caught on. Like people were like, what are you doing? And they were very interested. So I started teaching workshops around Melbourne, uh, just teaching my kind of like my budgeting method, um, teaching how to like getting the best bang for your buck, kind of like leveraging your money instead of being controlled by your money and just finding freedom inside of that and finding freedom in your values and your goals. And that's where it started. And I would say sometime last year I took it online. So, yeah. Nice. Was that a, as a result of COVID? Uh, uh, no, <laughs> it was as a result of its time. <laughs> yeah. I believe that I would have done it regardless. Yeah. Nice. And so how has that expanded mm -hmm. now? Cause you know, I just think of you as one of the big thought leaders when it does come to money. So I'm really glad to have you here, but oh, I know you. your game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Like your, your game has definitely evolved. So how has that you know, build up over time, you know, what more have you learned over time? And what are some of the, the key things that are fundamental when you teach your clients about money management and money mindset? So we are in 2021. Okay. Mm -hmm. In saying that, there's a couple of things that come out of this. First of all, it is 2021 for us to uh, fulfill our desires, our goals, our dreams, to fulfill our life purpose, we're going to need money. So how do we conquer money so we can go ahead with our dreams and desires and travel and whatever the heck we want to do? So how do we use money instead of being scared of it or say, we can't do this because of money or oh, I can't afford it? So that's one conversation that I kind of help people reprogram their mindset around. Another thing mm -hmm. is, again, it's 2021, meaning everything you think you need about your money mindset and your budget is at your fingertips. You just Google it. And the misconception that to be better at money, you need to kind of like make the numbers balance or like balance your checkbook or anything is actually a very big um, misconception because truly it is inner work and it's very customized and it's very special to you, your, your uniqueness, your quirkiness, your values and your goals and even everything, everything about you, your upbringing makes up the way that you money. So to go on Google and like, search a search for the budget because you feel like you need to be better at money is definitely a band-aid solution so these are the mm -hmm. two main things that i feel like we need to kind of raise awareness around that yes we can find information online but is it customized to you it mm -hmm. worked for somebody else because that's what they developed but is it customized to you and your upbringing and your own money blueprint hmm Gosh, money blueprint, you know, this is why I'm saying this was such a huge breakthrough for me, guys, because it's a whole book on its own. Like if we're talking about the library of life, like it needs its own show, like it's a whole theme and you cannot move forward in your goals without this. This is just 100% where you need to invest your time and ironically money into learning about your money <laughs> yes. mindset and healing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so, yep. you know, talk to us a bit more about you know healing from you know what you're talking about uh your upbringing and how that can really affect you talk to us a little bit more about that it's really interesting so um the more we up level the more we want to move forward in life 
the more we are going to self-sabotage because new could mean scary. New means risky. So in some ways, we want something when we want it badly. However, a part of us is going to self-sabotage. And funny enough, that part of us part of us that is self-sabotaging is actually the part of us that needs healing. So let's say, for example, you're mm-hmm. in a nine-to-five and you really, really feel like you deserve a raise. And you go and ask for the raise and, you know, you kind of want a 10% raise, but you're scared, so you say 4% is fine. This is self-sabotage. You're not really like being you know, like realistic, it is self-sabotage in a way. I mean, this particular example could not be self-sabotage when it comes to X, Y, and Z person. But in my, in my head, this is the example I'm giving. It's like, sometimes this is how we self-sabotage by saying, you know, it's, I'll just ask for 4%. Somehow you're playing small to stay safe because maybe 10% Mm -hmm. somehow makes you feel unsafe. Maybe you feel like 10% makes you feel like you're going to have more responsibilities or asking for 10% means that you're going to have more eyeballs on you from your workplace. Or it means that, I don't know, it's just you have difficulty receiving that 10% because you're putting others' needs before you. So, mm-hmm. and then it boils down to where in your childhood were you told that playing like playing small to stay safe is a better idea than to be seen? Where in your childhood were you seen and reprimanded or seen and weren't got into trouble so this is for example a very simple pattern that we see we're not it's not simple but one of the most prevalent patterns that i see in clients like for example this asking for more money yes we all want more money but do we have the capacity to capacity to receive it mm-hmm. so that's just one one example that's oh it's really profound this isn't it because I love the scenario that you've just discussed because when I even think back to one my own childhood and two working with other clients obviously not necessarily on money but going back to that you know don't ask for this you know I particularly grew up in a, an environment where you, you weren't supposed to be asking for more than you got because there wasn't yeah. enough available you know mm-hmm. um, and therefore you know you're taught that wanting more for yourself even if that is just you know, a, a, a normal level to ask for, you're asking for too much. You know, why are you putting yeah. pressure on someone else, the parent who's struggling? Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, something I've seen in my clients as well, it's something I, I'm sure a lot of people have experienced. But it's interesting because even if it wasn't a specific money situation, like from what you're saying, this can affect it regardless. You know, it, it could be something completely different in terms of the topic. So, Interesting. And I know, you know, we've discussed loads of times, we've got this parallel in terms of our methodology, in terms of using archetypes, but you've Mm -hmm. talked to me about money archetypes, which again, you know, I don't even say this just for the listeners there, like what Nadine does really fascinates me because I did something that we will talk about uh, a little later that she um, has available for you guys to go and access yourselves, but we'll talk about that later. But learning about money archetypes, my mind was completely blown. So please like share this gem with our listeners and just talk to us about money archetypes and how it is connected with what we were just talking about in terms of your childhood and some of the things you can experience and how they manifest in our present. Sure. So um, let me just take take us all back to the beginning of my journey as a money coach. I had most people that came to see me were coming because they wanted a budget or because they want to pay off debt or because they want to save for a goal. And 
unfortunately, um, a lot of times they come to me, they think that it's a quick fix. They think that we're going to just like whip out a spreadsheet and everything is going to be good and we're going to be good to go. But in reality, there is a lot of inner work. Like we were saying earlier, there's a lot of inner work that needs to be done for us to conquer this pattern, but also for this pattern not to repeat itself. Because 99% of the time, this pattern is going to repeat itself in your life in one way or another, because 98% of what we do is subconscious. And it has been programmed and conditioned in our brains between the ages of two and 12. So one of the tools that I use to help people access these uh, subconscious beliefs and patterns around money was developed by my coach and mentor, Deborah Price, from the Money Coaching Institute. So I stumbled upon her method and I loved it so much and it resonated with me and I stumbled upon her book. Um, It's called Money Magic. So just you can find it anywhere. It's called Money Magic by Deborah Price. And I had goosebumps the whole time I read this. And I made sure that in this lifetime, I had to learn directly from her. And lucky enough, she was teaching. She's teaching her method in in a container, a program, a certification. So I was able to get a scholarship and work directly with her, which was absolutely completely life-changing for my own mindset and for my clients as well. So I'm very grateful to have done that. And she developed these money archetypes that I use. There are several schools of thoughts out there about money archetypes, but this one I found to be the most powerful. So according to Deborah's money archetypes, we've got eight money archetypes. We've got the innocent, the victim, the warrior, the martyr, the tyrant, the creator artist, the fool, and the magician. So we are all born in the innocent archetype. We're all born innocent, obviously. And something in our childhood either triggers us to become a victim or a warrior. Neither of them is good or bad. Both of them are a coping or protection mechanism that we have subconsciously developed. So if we decide to become a victim, Um, we pretty much just say like this money thing is hard. It's not for me. It is something that I don't want to ever deal with. And unfortunately, we will continue living our lives thinking that about money, thinking that it's something that is disempowering, thinking that something that's too hard and maybe somebody else can do it. Another way we can develop as children is to become warriors. And this is what I see often is that at some point we decide that These people don't know what they're doing. I need to go get my own money. My dad says no to everything. I'm going to go get my own money and see how he likes it. So we develop this warrior persona. It gets stronger and stronger. We go out and get a job. We become financially savvy. We'll learn. We get books. We, you know, ask people. We ask the right questions. And sometimes that warrior archetype can become too much because we just want to save the world. And this is when we become martyrs. When we become into, we, we go into the martyr archetype, that's when we put people ahead of us. That's when we want to just save everyone before saving ourselves. And I have to like just point out at this stage is that all eight money archetypes are inside of all of us. It's just that what is active and what is passive at a certain given time. And another, so the martyr, I would say, is a shadow archetype to the warrior 
and so is the tyrant. So when we become too financially savvy, when we start relying on money as an indicator of our success, when we start looking at money as he has money, he's successful, she doesn't have money, she's not successful, I'm going to have money and I'm going to start controlling the world, or like thinking, oh my God, I cannot believe I spent all that money, I'm shit. That is self-criticism and that's when you step into your tyrant archetype. Other archetypes could be, uh, for example, your creative artist. That's when you're completely <laughs> uncomfortable with having any financial conversations. You um, under, um, like under earn. You don't really ask for what you feel like your work is worthy of. Um, you would rather be uncomfortable than ask people for money. I mean, it, you're more comfortable with the... Um, you know, kind of like the spiritual world and the material world, which is not a bad thing. However, we do live in the material world. So we are driven by our, our higher purpose when we are highly in our creative artist, but it's not in a realistic way. Mm. And speaking of higher purpose, we can talk about the magician archetype, which is pretty much the part of you that was never born and never dies. It is the part of you that is connected to God, source, universe, and your higher self. So operating from your warrior and your magician is the ideal. We want you to be driving the car by your warrior and the magician sitting shotgun. And everything else is your shadow pretty much sitting in in the boot. Um, your fool archetype is that archetype that is in charge of like impulse shopping, taking high risks, not giving a shit, Believing that everything's going to work out when you have no evidence that it's going to work out, like like blind belief as opposed to like grounded belief in your faith, in yourself, and your resourcefulness because that is the magician. But the fool is like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Drinks on me, whatever, you know, just like, let's do this. I'm just going to do this. I don't care where the money is going to come from. I don't care how much it's going to cost. I'm just going to do it. Or when we're like um, at a sale and we have that pressure that the items are going to go away somehow – that's when we step into our full archetype. I feel like wow. I'm missing something. Sorry, I just went on a tangent. Do you have any questions? <laughs> no, that was amazing. I love it because what's really good is I'm sure the listeners can say the same. I can identify with every single one of those that you've mentioned. It's just yeah. proof that they all live within us, right? They're just active or passive, exactly what you said. Yeah. And when we feel this financial anxiety, when we feel like we don't want to deal with finances, it's not necessarily just the victim. This is a very big characteristic of the innocent archetype. So the thing is, like we were, most of us, I would say we were not educated financially. We didn't have like, we didn't go to school and learn about money. Like we learned biology or we learned um, mathematics. So we always feel like, and also to add another layer to that, talking about money is taboo. You know, like we can't ask people about money, we can't even discuss money at the dinner table. It's like, oh, why, why would you talk about this? So money becomes this anxiety driven topic, whether it is when we talk about it out loud, when we're asked about it, or when we're asked to do something with it. So that is when the innocent archetype is driving the car. I just, I love this. And it just goes perfectly onto one of your key offers that I hinted about earlier. So talk to us mm -hmm. about it. Like I won't even, yeah, you, you just go ahead because it's amazing. And I'm going to drop the links down in the show notes so you guys can get straight into it and you'll be able to contact Nadine as well to tell her 
all about your results. Okay. So on the link in my bio in Instagram or on my website, you're going to find um, a button <laughs> that will take you to the money archetype quiz. You, um, I would say that you, you should do this quiz without overthinking. It will ask you to uh, put a tick next to every single word that resonates with you when it comes to money. When it, every word that kind of like describes your tendencies or your characteristics when it comes to monies or your feelings. So I would say go in, don't overthink it, tick every word and then uh, don't tick every word, but tick every word that resonates with you in particular. And then you are going to get the results and you're going to get an email with the results. And in that email, that's the cool thing. In the email, you're going to get an option to book a one-on-one -on -one money archetype strategy with me. So this is a highly customized 45-minute session where we discuss your archetypes, why you develop these archetypes, and I will give you an action plan. So that's really cool. It really is. I've done it myself and... It was just interesting, just from a, like, a, I say simple inverted commas, it's simple in terms of what you have to do, right? The action part is just you ticking boxes, but the results were really, they were just a, a, like a mirror and having Nadine speak to me about what was going on um, and then saying to me, you know, does this resonate with you that this particular archetype is more active? It triggered so many things, but in a good way, right? It, you know, there's things mm -hmm. that you just can't hide and things that need to be healed. If you don't heal them, they just manifest even more, yep. you know, into your life. So definitely do it. It's definitely worth it. And I would love to ask if you could share one of your top tips when it comes to financial management, something that someone can just do tomorrow. Well, um, I do share a lot of mini trainings on my Instagram. So that is a very good place for people to just hang out and get some really cool information. Um, another tip is, I would say, start looking at how, like start being that um, observer of how you money, because how you money is how you do everything. But if you start observing objectively without judgment of the like start observing how you money, start observing your own patterns and see where these patterns also reflect in other spaces in your life. That would be very helpful for you because shedding that light onto your patterns that are not very desirable will disempower these patterns. Um, so like I was saying, the way you money is how you do everything because the way you do one thing is how you do everything. And a lot of the money patterns we uncover are often repeated in many other parts of your life. And just shedding the light is disempowering, mm -hmm. as I was just saying. And also, like, we can't heal something unless we see what it is we're trying to heal. We can't just, like, throw an arrow into the air not knowing where we're shooting mm -hmm. towards. So when once we start looking at your patterns, once you look at your patterns objectively, then you know where the areas that need healing are. Because like I think I said that at the very beginning of this episode, your shadows or your self-limiting beliefs or all of these things with when it comes to money actually are telling you what needs healing in your journey, in your life. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's beautiful because so many people fight mm-hmm. against that. They think, oh my God, you know, they go in this kind of like hamster wheel cycle of blaming themselves, activating mm-hmm. the tyrant, like you're saying as well. And it's not anything to be ashamed of. This is just something we need to address. And yeah, yeah like I've said as well, it's not going to go away if you yeah. don't heal it. And I think, you know, the best thing is healing from something with a guide, with an expert who's going to help you process all of that. Um, And that's where someone like yourself comes in. So yeah, a coach holds the mirror up to you so that you can objectively and compassionately know where you need realignment. That is what a good coach does. And that is something that I love helping Mm -hmm. people do. And I received help with that myself. So asking for help with money is actually not because you're bad with money. Asking for help with money means you care about your money and you care about your life. I love that. Oh, give me goosebumps. And so where can we find you? <laughs> where can we find you on social media for more goosebumps? Um, you can look for me. Um, it, my Instagram handle is save a million cents. Um, or you can just look for Nadine Money Coach. You'll find me. Um, it will probably point you towards save a million cents. But yeah, also my website is www.saveamilliancents.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nadine. Like your wisdom is just so appreciated here and i can't wait to see what listeners say regarding this episode um yeah well thank you rachel for having me and please if anybody has a question just feel free to dm me Um, i'm highly active on instagram so yeah i'll see you all on there thank you and that is all we have time for for today guys if you love this episode Take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and Facebook stories. I am at the Healing Rose Holistics. Feel free to send me a DM. Love you. Let me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you want to see more of. Have a good one.